0: Welcome to In The Spotlight, a regular podcast from the Witham, Barnard Castle's Community Art Centre.
1: Greetings once again from the Witham Community Art Centre here in Barnard Castle County Durham. Stuart Laundie welcoming you along uh, to In The Spotlight, our regular podcast, and this time it's a double helping of comedy. Yes, hot on the heels of Janie Godley, who proved hugely popular when she popped into the Witham as part of her UK tour. We've got two more comedians from north of the border who are making a stop at the Witham as they make their way around the country. I'll be chatting to Connor Burns and Mark Nelson in just a moment. And then, as usual, Jane Woodward will be along to tell us what else we've got in store at the Witham.
0: Hi, this is Stacey from the CAF and you're listening to In the Spotlight, the Witham's podcast.
1: So first up, we'll be welcoming Conor Burns to the Witham on Saturday, February the 17th as part of his first UK tour, a little matter of 40 dates in two months. Now, as you can tell, I'm a bit croaky this week, and I began by asking Conor if you'd ever been forced to cancel a gig due to uh, the dreaded lurgy.
2: You know what? Touchwood, We've been all right so far. Um, but I've probably had some I should have cancelled. I remember doing one in... Uh, where was I? It, was, it wasn't a tour show. I was just doing a gig in a comedy club somewhere. Um, and I'd just come off the back of a bit of lurgy. And uh, I was like, you know, I was looking at it in my diary going, should I, shouldn't, I should, I should. I? And I went, no, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And I, the gig was going really great. And about 15 minutes into a half hour set, I just took the most vicious coffin fit. <laughs> Oh. And like people were kind of gently. There you go. There you you go. shouldn't people, have said that. Yeah, people were laughing, kind of gently, being like, "Oh, this is." And then it went on for so long that the the room just thought. I, I think they thought I was taking the Mickey. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I, I'm. So, a bit so, more... no,
1: so nobody was dashing to your aid then. They just thought it was either part of the no, show. No, no, <laughs> no. I have,
2: I've I've touched wood. I've I've seen and heard of some, you know toilet-related emergencies and all that kind of stuff. But uh, luckily, I've dodged all of that so far.
1: You're a a young lad. You can fight it off, I think, these
2: days.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now we're here to talk about your show, which is called Vertigo. Um, What's what's it all about?
2: Most of the show has kind of, it's ended up being a lot about my family, um, just how I grew up. I talk a lot about my girlfriend as well, because we're very different in many ways, like our, our background and uh where we come from and stuff is very different so it's funny i just i started talking about all that stuff on stage and i think it's nice because you always think that like you only experience this stuff growing up or whatever and it's been nice because now that i'm talking about it all on stage there's always people that come up to me after the shows and go oh my god that was exactly what it was like where we grew up um so it's nice it's a lot of very personal stuff um a good, a very, a, a story at the end which wraps up the whole show, which is why it's called Vertigo about my dad, which I can't give too much away about. But <laughs> um, uh, he uh, I remember the first time he came to see the show and realised that he he featured quite heavily in it.
1: <laughs> and this is the show that you took to Edinburgh last year, is that correct?
2: Yeah. So did the show at the Fringe, um, twenty twenty three, and go like in the run up to the Fringe, we kind of. I had some stuff kind of do well online and that had never really happened before so we had all this kind of new following but no idea going in if that would actually convert to ticket sales or not so we kind of trepidatiously went in and go well we'll see what happens and the whole thing sold out we had to add extra shows and bigger venues and stuff so yeah it's all kind of kicked into high gear since then
1: Did that surprise you?
2: Massively like I I felt like the show was good enough and I felt like the I felt like it, it deserved an audience I'm really proud of the show I think it's it's I think it's really uh, a a good a good bang for your buck hour of comedy yeah. um but going into it like we just didn't have a clue if the numbers on the screen would convert to actual bums and seats um so yeah no i don't think any of us expected it
1: in these days is it all about the online
2: it it kind of is but the the i think the thing that's positive or i think that should kind of give people a bit of reassurance about online is you still have to have the chops as a stand-up to back it up so i'm very fortunate in that like when I started getting clips to doing well online, I had been in the clubs for six, six and a half years just doing stand up week in, week out. And then it happened. Yeah. Um, so I feel like I was kind of able to back it up. And now people have come and seen me live. And I, and I think generally the consensus is, oh, that, that was good. We'll come back next time. But I've seen it happen the other way. where very new acts just happened to hit a bit of a wave online with something that they post yeah and i think that's that's really tough because all of a sudden they've got this following who will come and see them once and go mm. oh that was that was not good and i think they have to start from zero again
1: this is your first uk tour isn't it yeah i mean you're, you're packing them in for 40 dates in just over a couple of months i mean yeah what on earth possessed you to do that
2: <laughs> yeah i know it's um I think you can see if you look at the listings for my tour, you can see that it was never meant to be this long. <laughs> uh, there's other bits where we decided to start adding in more dates. There's some insane travel logistics. You know, I've got uh, I've got Cambridge to Aberdeen coming up soon. <laughs> um, but that's it was a lovely problem to have, and it really was in my head. I thought maybe we'll do t- a ten date tour just to kick us off, and it just has grown arms and legs and. We've managed to add more shows, and it's been really, it's been really great.
1: What's the touring experience? Is it just you and your car?
2: A lot of it, a lot of cars. I try and take the train where I can, uh, because then I can use that time. Um, because I've got a real thing about the amount of time I waste sitting in traffic, and <laughs> so at least then, if I'm on the train, I can be working on something else. But I mean, th- that's funny because new comedians now are asking me at gigs, oh, like. Would you have any advice? What are the tips? I go, honestly, get really good at enjoying your own company because you're going to spend a lot of time up and down the country by yourself. So learn how to stay entertained by yourself is a huge tip.
1: (laughs) Was there a life before comedy for you? Or or did you go straight in after uni or whatever?
2: Yeah, no, I mean, again, I feel like I'm very fortunate in that I did work. A lot of different jobs before comedy and i think that is a big part of the experience of getting funny as i think you need to have had some real life experience and also a huge thing for me is i know the value now of this job so like if i have a bad gig or something i'll catch myself beating myself up and i go now wait a minute you were getting up at seven in the morning to go out and fix people's washing machines a few years ago we can take a bad gig so yeah, I've done I've done a bunch of all kinds of jobs before.
1: What was the best and what was the worst?
2: You know what? Oh, genuinely, I I had two great jobs during the pandemic because of course, yeah yeah. I went full time with comedy about nine months before the pandemic. So yeah, I really uh, shot myself in the foot there. It was a great time to experience the first time in my life being self-employed. But during the pandemic, I actually the first thing I did was I was a delivery driver for a supermarket. And I absolutely loved that because it was right at the start of lockdown. There was not another car on the road. I was going
1: to say, there's nothing on the roads. It's got it was, everything honestly, to
2: yourself. It was absolute bliss. I was getting from one side of Edinburgh to the other in about 15 minutes. And then I moved from there halfway through the pandemic to, I worked in a, in a guitar shop in Edinburgh. Uh, and that was great. I just got to I just got to sit and play guitar all day mostly. But yeah, before that, I've done all sorts. Worked in hotels. I was a white goods engineer. I was I worked in garden centres. I've done all sorts.
1: Connor Burns and a reminder that he's bringing his Vertigo show to the Witham on Saturday, February the 17th. Tickets are available from the box office on 01833 or you can go online to www.thewitham.org.uk where you'll find full details as well.
3: Hi, this is Sheila.
2: Hi, this is Jim.
3: And we're volunteers and you're, you're listening, listening to In the Spotlight, the Witham's podcast. podcast.
1: Now, hot on the heels of Connor Burns, on Wednesday, February the 21st, comes Mark Nelson. Now, Mark's been a popular figure north of the border for quite a few years, whether it's through his radio work, such as his show The Good, The Bad and The Unexpected, or his many television appearances. But like Connor, he's about to embark on his first UK tour. So when I caught up with him a couple of days ago, I began by asking him why it had taken almost 20 years for him to hit the road.
0: Uh, Quite a few people have asked me that. Um, I think it's a kind of... I don't know. It's a kind of combination of things because when I first started, uh, obviously, uh, touring touring wasn't as, as as easily available as it was as it is now. I think with uh, online stuff has opened up the kind of avenues to tour a lot more for people because you don't need to wait till you get on TV because before that was the only kind of route and channel to get to tour. Yeah. Whereas now you can kind of get your own audience uh, just by putting out your own stuff. Uh, So that's kind of allowed it more. And at that kind of time, I I only became, once I became a kind of pro comic, I started having a family not that long after that. And it never really felt, I've never been, I never wanted wanted to be one of these people that would be away all the time when the kids were growing up. So it just never felt like a kind of right time that I could take a lot of time away from the house. And then when it was coming that time, we obviously had a global pandemic, so that kind of put things back a couple of years as well. So, so yeah, this just kind of just kind of feels the right time to have done it.
1: Yeah, um, I mean, it's fair to say I think that you're a fairly well-established uh, performer, comedian north of the border, yeah. but perhaps not such a you don't enjoy such a high profile um, down in England. Just, just give us a, a potted history of the Mark Nelson story.
0: let's start talking uh, in the
1: third person
0: (laughs) yeah so Mark Nelson uh, the so I started off I think it was around about uh, 2006 I started doing comedy Um, again just largely because I loved it and I'd come from a a, quite a small town in the south of Scotland and I'd never really I'd never really known that comedy was an actual job Um, so when I moved up to Glasgow I'd started going to comedy clubs and uh, I loved it. I fell in love with it straight away, actual live stand up. And then I talked about it for a couple of years about trying it, trying it, trying it. And then eventually I gave it a go, just started doing kind of try out spots and stuff like that. Things were going really well. And then within like the first kind of six months, I'd won a competition, the Scottish Comedian of the Year, which was uh, pretty cool. And that kind of opened up doors fairly quickly. And then since then you just you just build and build and build uh and uh started doing regular slots and I started doing the fringe. And uh yeah, things have just built from then. Uh, won a fair few awards, doing fringe every kind of year, hosting a radio show up here, hosting T V show up here. So so yeah, that's that's a kind of the story. But stand up's always been my kind of first love.
1: Yeah, and did you have to kind of give up a a, a proper job, so to speak, to become a, a a comedian?
0: I did, but it wasn't a job I loved. It was a job. that, I mean, it was a very much an admin kind of job that I was working for. I was working for uh, one of the electricity and gas companies, actually. So I'm, I'm I'm very glad I'm out of that industry now, or else people would absolutely hate me just now. <laughs> so uh, so yeah, I've never I'd never had to give up something I was really that interested in doing for the rest of my life. Anyway,
1: was there a sort of moment where you thought? now's the time to do this.
0: Do you know what it actually was? <laughs> I, uh, I'd done the Glasgow Comedy Festival, and I think it was the second time I'd done a solo show. And it had gone really, really well, and I'd sold it out, and it had gone far better. Like, I'd noticed a, a massive kind of shift in how well I was doing from that for the first year. And the very last night, they had a, they had a, a, an end-of-festival party. And... Me and my wife, who was my girlfriend at the time, went to this party and I ended up getting so drunk that the next day I was pretty much physically impossible that I could go into work the next day. And that kind of mourning and that kind of drunken stupor, I then decided it would be a far better idea rather than just to phone in sick and take the punishment to actually hand in my notice and say that I was going to go comedy full time.
1: It's as good as excuse as any, I think.
0: It is. It is. It maybe it's maybe a rash decision. It's proved to be the wise decision, but.
1: And um, what sort of comedian are you? Are you, are you a storyteller? Are you a joke? What sort of a one line old, you know, joke teller? Um, what? I started. Off, I
0: started you? off. I started off very, very strictly as a one-liner comedian because that was kind of people I loved, um, and then you kind of develop after that, like being a one-liner comedian's. It's incredibly difficult because you have to, to hold someone's attention for that long for an hour we just delivering one lines is very very difficult and it's a lot of work to produce that amount of jokes and uh yes yeah, so i started kind of branching out after that and telling telling more stories a lot more observationally kind of stuff and a lot more involving the audience as well so it is. I mean, it, it, it's probably it's probably just kind of traditional stand up comedy where it's me talking about my life and I talk about I talk about what's going on in society and what's going on in the world quite a lot as well. That's always been a kind of the main thing I have focused on.
1: Yeah, I guess thing. I guess the way you approach it possibly has changed. I mean, you were you were a, a, a very young man when you started out, and now you're yeah. a, a family man. So that's a, a yeah. very old man. <laughs> <laughs> I, was tra- I was very really trying to be diplomatic there. Yeah, <laughs> then i can give you i can give you a good few years i think as well but um um you have you have you how have you sort of changed have you changed your approach over the years or are you still doing now what you were doing 15 20 years ago
0: um i've not really i've not i've certainly not changed my kind of passion for it and i've not changed i've certainly not changed the kind of edge i'm going for in comedy i've become a lot more relaxed into it as well Uh, and experience obviously makes it a lot easier to to write stuff i'm certainly not i'm not as i'm not as nervous about going after certain topics as i was back then but that's the experience just brings up yeah
1: now your show's called all the best so is this even though it's your first tour show is this kind of a greatest hits thing you've got going on here or is it a pretty much yeah
0: yeah, yeah, I realised that, I mean, I've got, I've got such a bank of material because I've got, like, kind of, I think I've got about eight, eight, eight Edinburgh shows behind me. So it was nice to just kind of go through everything. I mean, the, a, a, a hell of a lot of it's, because I, I talk about kind of topical stuff quite a lot, a lot of it is unusable now because you'd have to be in the moment at the time. But there are, there's a lot of routines. And I, I just realised I'd never actually done all my kind of, favourite and best routines all in the one show so it was nice kind of seeing how how there was a way to f- slot them all together so it became to be one show and it's, it's it's a real joy to go back and do stuff that you haven't done for a couple of years
1: uh yeah. mark i think we'll call time there with a quick reminder that uh mark nelson all the best is coming to the Witham on wednesday february the 21st we look forward to seeing you then mark brilliant thanks very much
0: Thank you so much, Paul. Thanks for my pleasure. No worries. We'll
1: see you in a couple of weeks. And tickets are available, as always, from the box office on 01833 or online from www.thewitham.org.uk.
0: Hi, everybody. This
1: is Josh here, the crazy guy who runs around doing anything and everything. And whilst cleaning mirrors is a job I usually see myself doing, I'm just here to let you know you are listening to The Witham's podcast in the spotlight. So Jane's joined me in the studio once again for a look at what's coming up at the Wytham. Jane, how are we doing?
3: I'm all right, Stuart. How about you?
1: I'm a bit croaky, so be gentle with me. Oh, dear. Don't make fun of me this week.
3: Oh, I never do. It's (laughs) you making fun of me.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And if you set me off laughing, I'll start coughing. And nobody wants to hear that.
3: I'll see what I can do.
1: Jolly good. Right. um, Before we get into what's coming up next week, we have an announcement of a new show later in the year.
3: We do, yes. Um, Count Arthur Strong.
1: Ah, yes, I am familiar with this character.
3: He is coming to the Witham. Very good. 28th of November.
1: Well done. You had to think there a minute, didn't I, you?
3: I did. I did. Um, and it's a Christmas show.
1: Oh, not too good. early
3: for Christmas. It's uh, a Charles Dickens, so he's playing Charles Dickens in a Christmas carol.
1: Well, there's a surprise. <laughs> Charles Dickens in a Christmas carol <laughs> at Christmas? Yes. Surely not. Count Arthur Strong. I think that will be popular.
3: I think it will be too. So get your tickets quick.
1: Jolly good. And they went on sale today, didn't they? Friday.
3: Um, yes. Although we have had pre-sales. Right. So you will have got a notification about that earlier if you've signed up to our newsletter.
1: Excellent. So the yeah. the moral of the story is sign up for the newsletter.
3: Yes. And
1: get your preferential service for tickets.
3: Exactly. Now, this is actually a funny way to be comedy production. Mm -hmm. Um, All the tickets are being sold by Funny Way To Be. Right. But it is family friendly.
1: So have we got details on the website?
3: We have indeed.
1: But tickets can be bought only through funnywaytobe.com.
3: There's a link on our website to funnywaytobe.com.
1: It's all very complicated, isn't it?
3: It is. It is.
1: Right. So that's Count Arthur Strong, Charles Dickens' A Christmas Carol.
3: Yes. But it's in November. Thursday, the 28th of November.
1: I'm glad we've got that sorted out. Right, let's have a look at what's coming up next week. Now, uh, your diary, of course, will be full next week. I mean, it's, it's Valentine's <laughs> night, so, you know, you'll, you'll already be spoken for. But just in, just in case they're out there are there, there's people out there that aren't.
3: Yes, people are looking for something to do.
1: Yeah. Some, some something to
3: treat your loved ones to.
1: Absolutely. What, what, nothing says I love you like a night with Rodgers and Hammerstein.
3: Exactly. Yeah. A screening. Filmed live on the 12th of December at Theatre Royal Drury Lane, this is Rodgers and Hammerstein's 80th anniversary concert, featuring a 40-piece orchestra and a star-studded cast.
1: Anybody that's been keeping an eye on our socials over the last few days will have seen one or two highlights from the likes of Michael Ball, Mm. who took part in this. It's a a quality production, I think you'll say.
3: Yes, definitely worth seeing. I'm expecting you to break out into songs, Stuart.
1: Oh, I'm not up to that this week. No, no, too croaky.
3: Sound of Music, Oklahoma.
1: The hills are alive.
3: <laughs> Bit more enthusiasm,
1: absolutely. <laughs> so, if uh, yeah, so if you get stood up on uh, on, on Wednesday, you've always got uh, Rogers and Hammerstein.
3: Uh, you have, yes, seven o'clock. That'll be um, screened at the Witham.
1: Brilliant stuff. And the following night, we've got more comedy.
3: We have Tom Stade, the Canadian comic, with his um, tour, Natural Born Killer.
1: Sounds delightful.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, he's one of the most compelling and instinctive stand-ups around at the moment. So is he indeed? He is indeed. Yes. Uh-huh. Nice so, to know. if you're sixteen and over, because that's the um, the age rating on it, come along and um, watch Tom State. Tickets still available for that.
1: Now, if you're more of a fan of the countryside, then there's something for you on uh, on Thursday night as well, isn't there?
3: Yes, upstairs in our wither room. We have a talk by Professor David Evans from Durham University about the ice age legacy of the North Pennines.
1: That'll be them little blue flowers. The Gentians, that's it. I couldn't remember well, the you'll name. Have to come
3: along and find out, Stuart.
1: That's what we're famous for. <laughs> we're about the only place in the bleeding world that has the things now or something. And, uh, and I have seen them up there when I've uh, yeah, yeah.
3: in
1: the past. Anyway, that'll be brilliant. That's the Flora uh, the, the Teesdale Special Flora Trust. It talks. is. It's
3: the first of uh, four talks that they're programming.
1: Brilliant yeah. stuff. And then on Friday, it's time to rock out.
3: It is with Eddie and the Hot Rods and there's support from Cumbrian Blues rock band Blue Scarrow.
1: Ah, I'm glad you said that. When when I saw them on the website, I'd never come across them before. So mm. they're coming over from the from the other side of the border. They
3: are, they are. Very good. So that'll be a standing gig. Mm-hmm. Bar will be open throughout. Very good. And doors open at 7.30.
1: Exactly. And then on Saturday, obviously, Connor Burns has been uh, one of the guests on this week's podcast, so we don't need to say too much about Connor. Um, But also on Saturday, we have got an old favourite of the the Witham, Jez Lowe.
3: Yes. So if you fancy a bit of folk music and you're not into comedy, you can come along and listen to Jez Lowe.
1: Very good. Always always nice to welcome him Yes. Back. It is. Brilliant stuff. Tickets are available
3: by calling the box office on 01833
1: Well done and online
3: www.thewitham.org.uk.
1: Very good. Now what I haven't mentioned to uh, anybody so far in the podcast is this is this is the last one of series 2.
3: Oh.
1: Can you believe it we've done 17 of these in I know, series 2? that's two.
3: amazing flown by
1: i was gonna say where's that time gone anyway we're taking a short break for the next few weeks and uh, we hope to be back quite literally with a spring in our step
3: (laughs) good good one Stuart.
1: absolutely how long
3: did it take you to think that one up
1: all afternoon (laughs) all afternoon you know there's a lot of work goes into this
3: there is there is
1: (laughs) so until we next meet have a very good early spring
3: and you Stuart. see you later doodle
1: pip Yep, that's it for Series 2. I do hope you've enjoyed the shows that we've put together for you over the last few months, and my thanks to all the guests who've come on. They've been absolutely brilliant. Now, in the meantime, don't forget to keep your eye on www.thewitham.org.uk and, of course, the Witham social media channels as well to keep bang up to date with everything that's going on at the Witham Barnard Castle's Community Arts Centre. But for now, from me and from Jane, uh, we'll say cheerio and we'll catch up with you again soon. Thanks for
0: listening to In The Spotlight from The Witham, Barnard Castle's community arts centre. Available on all major podcast platforms. So please give us a follow and leave a comment. Or listen online at www.thewitham.org.uk.
3: We'll be back soon with another episode.